When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. episode of purple insider once again it is a raggets roundtable matthew collar here with you as always will raggets from sports illustrated andrew kramer from the star tribune inside tco performance center as we so often do to preview games and you know what last week i'd say we nailed it we predicted perfectly everything that was going to happen on this show which is why you need to turn in every single week for this roundtable I don't remember anything that we actually got wrong. And now, uh, you know, the Vikings are five and four heading into New Orleans. So so we're good to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really enjoy uh, doing these on Thursday because it's just kind of like a little snapshot each week of where we are. And recently it feels like so much has been changing each week. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we're talking about, all right, the Vikings just beat the 49ers. Kirk Cousins playing some of the best ball of his career. They're going to Green Bay. And then last week it's, oh, OK, Jaron Hall starting now. Kirk's out for the season. This is just throwing a complete wrench into everything. And now for the third consecutive show, we're talking about a new starting quarterback. So, I mean, we have to talk about obviously Dobbs mania or whatever you want to call it. Really one of the coolest stories in the NFL all season. Um, But I guess my question would be, did that performance um, by, by the Vikings as a whole, but Josh Dobbs specifically kind of change your outlook uh, for the rest of the season? Or was it, that was a one-time cool thing. I don't know how Kevin O'Connell and Josh Dobbs pulled that off, and now we need to see more before we start to feel like, okay, season's back on. If I'm the Vikings, I feel a lot better starting Dobbs than I do Jaron Hall. Um, at least somebody who's played eight games this season has seen a bunch of NFL football and de- defensive coordinators this season. Uh, and you could see him playing in rhythm, even though he knew nothing <laughs> on the field in terms of the offense. And they're talking to him about, hey, you've actually got a, a curl over here and a corner over here on this side. He literally has to walk through plays like that at times. And I feel much more confident just from the outside in Dobbs, too. And, and I would think that looking at the rest of this schedule, it's going to it's going to be much harder, obviously, than that Falcons game. You're not going to play Arthur Smith every single week. Um, but you are going to be in games. You're going to have chances. And initially, I didn't think it was going to be this seamless for him to come in and be a competitive quarterback for you. But with another week with Kevin O'Connell, at least a second week, it might look a little steadier out of the gate, maybe not two turnovers and a safety. Um, And I do feel like this team has um, some competition in what is really a weak NFC playoff field. So last week when we talked about the backup quarterbacks playing, uh, I was uh, pretty skeptical on how that would go. And let me tell you, at halftime, my skepticism (laughs) felt like it was really going to be the right opinion. And then, of course, uh, Josh Dobbs turned it around. And what really I think I underestimated about Josh Dobbs, of course, I did not underestimate him being a rocket scientist because I had heard that before. Uh, But his ability to run with the football was I mean, I'm not going to say Mike Vick in Atlanta, 
but he was doing stuff that you see Justin Fields do, Lamar Jackson do in space, running away from people, dodging tacklers. And that is really what even the playing field, because when you look at his throwing statistics and he made some very good throws, two of them to Jordan Addison that were just aces. And then there was another one that Tristan Jackson should have brought in. Yeah. Uh, there was a great throw. So I, I'm not saying he can't throw the football because I, I was impressed by the velo he put behind it. But if you're going to have a journeyman backup quarterback, even the playing field and find a way, he's got to be able to do something like that. And I knew he could run. I'd seen him run a little bit in Arizona, but those were game changing runs. So I guess my question is, is he going to be able to continue to do that? Because even as he learns the offense, he's going to learn more this week. We know he can retain a lot of information. Uh, aerospace engineering is what he did. If no one's heard that at home. Why? Uh, right, right. Yeah. Why is a good question. Um, but I don't think that he can do it just on throwing the football alone. Uh, if he could, he would be a starting quarterback already uh, in the league. But I think when you have that rushing ability, you can kind of even the playing field and you can move the sticks and you can make things happen, even if there are a lot of ugly moments along the way. So it did change my opinion. It, it, it changed my opinion from, all right, this is probably going to be pretty nasty at times and maybe they'll win some games here or there based on their defense to, you know what? They should win. Like they should win games when they're playing teams that I don't think are very good, especially when uh, they're coming to U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, it, it changed my opinion, too. And I think like if it was going to be Jaron Hall and we didn't really know a whole lot and you're going to just find out what you have in him, maybe there's a slight chance it works out. But you're probably looking at not winning too many more games with Josh Dobbs, a guy who hadn't won many games in Arizona because of the, the, the circumstances around him, but had played a lot of football and comes in. And, and to your point, he's legitimately been one of the best scrambling quarterbacks in the NFL this season. That's not a mirage. He was doing that in Arizona. Uh, and he's kind of, he's not like the Lamar Jackson, Mike Vick, like twitchy, super fat. Nobody is other than those two guys. But he's got a little of like the Justin Fields, like not as big as Cam Newton, but it's the combination of size and the ability to shrug off arm tackles. And that happened a couple times in that game where he's hard to bring down. And then once he accelerates, he can really start to move, too, as we saw uh, on that early one down the sideline where he got a huge block from Cam Akers. So I, I just think that having a guy who can do a little bit of that opens up a lot of possibilities for Kevin O'Connell as an offensive mind. And I think that's one of the reasons why last week I was still a little bit optimistic, even in the face of of losing Kirk Cousins, because uh, like I just believe in Kevin O'Connell and what he can do and, and how he can maybe uh, adjust on the fly. And I think that. Uh, was proven in that Falcons game. What I want to see from Dobbs is maybe a little bit more of a sustainable formula for success as he learns the playbook more this week. There's one specific play where he ran for a touchdown, but TJ Hawkinson was wide open uh, on kind of a post route when the defense bit on a, on a Jordan Addison fake screen type of thing. And it's those plays where I'm not. I'm not going to criticize him for that, and or I'm not. I'm never going to criticize him for. You're getting, so demanding for yeah. getting a win <laughs> in the circumstances that he did. But that's what I want to see more this week against the Saints is that balance between, you know, take off and run. That is a weapon. Do that. Do not. Kevin O'Connell said you don't. You don't want to coach that out of anybody, but also you don't want to subject yourself to big hits and you don't want to pass up on open big plays downfield because you're not always going to get 18 yards on a screen. And to your point, maybe the thing that you should be worried about with Dobbs taking the reins here is that with that play style, a team that had a turnover problem, you know, might continue to, if he does take chances, whether as a runner or as, as a thrower, we saw just more 
um, of that mobility leading to issues with the fumbling, obviously, yep. in that game. So uh, Dobbs leads the NFL, uh, leads all quarterbacks in 20-yard runs, and he leads the NFL in 20-yard runs tied with a bunch of running backs, um, with six of them this year already. This guy's done it, did it in Arizona, had three rushing touchdowns, came here, already had one. He already tied for the, the Vikings lead in rushing touchdowns. So uh, Wes Phillips, one of our favorites, said we really needed that production on the ground. And this is a guy who's done it from Tennessee to when he's had his chances in the NFL, shown that mobility. And the only people he's surprising is people like us who just hadn't seen him before. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that when a dude has a defensive back one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one in the open field and drops a nasty juke on him, mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa, okay. Now that was something... I, there, I saw his speed in Arizona, but that was something that just kind of, to me, like very much surprised me that he was able to pull that off. But also you mentioned the ability to break tackles, mm -hmm. like legit break tackles. Uh, I mean, he is dead to rights two different times in key moments in the game and shakes those off. I think that his strength, this guy is not only getting in the lab, but he's also getting in the gym as well. All right. That's that. This show is going to be full of those. However, if we are talking about reasons this might not carry on to the moon. Uh, that was two in two quick seconds. I was, yeah. I was forced. Yeah. Sorry was about forced, that. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'll get to the point. It would be a couple things. Number one is this guy beat Dallas earlier this year and went like 17 for 20 passing and had a great game and then hit some rocky times after that. And I think he had five interceptions in six games. You mentioned the fumbles, like the turnovers are, are definitely an issue. And also with every quarterback who is kind of under that category of journeyman type of quarterback, usually like Ryan Fitzpatrick is the most famous for this. They can have spurts of greatness and they can have spurts of what in the world is happening today with this quarterback. And I do think that we should not conflate Atlanta with New Orleans because New Orleans is a much better coached defense. So I think this is the real challenge for Josh Dobbs is can he be somewhat consistent? How much can Kevin O'Connell beat the inconsistency out of him and with just calling plays and everything else? Like I should say scheme the inconsistency out of him. Uh, but you're right. Like work, work through that. It might be a feature, though, and not a bug. It might just be kind of who Josh Dobbs is, and I think this is a much different level of defense than what we saw from Atlanta. Yeah, and, and as as well as Dobbs played in that game and as cool as the story is right now, I'm not going to completely rule out the possibility that if he doesn't play particularly well and he turns the ball over a few times against the Saints, the Vikings could go back to Jaron Hall and, and see what they have in him for more than 11 plays, uh, which is all he was able to play both in – uh, the end of the Packers game and then the, the start of the, the Falcons game before getting knocked out. And that drive before he got concussed, like there were some legitimate examples on tape of some high level quarterback play where he does a rollout and kind of adjust his platform to get it to Josh Oliver on a uh, on a little dump off pass. And then he he looks away the safety and recognizes that he has Alexander Madison, of all people, um, streaking up the right sideline and gets almost 50 yards on that. So like I, I felt bad for Jaron Hall because he had his opportunity there and then he's just trying to make a play on the goal line and he takes a huge hit and it's like, all right, this is the NFL. Those windows close really fast. You can't subject yourself to those kind of hits as a quarterback, but I'm not going to rule it out. I think the Vikings, they're going to ride with Dobbs for as long as they can. And as long as it looks like he's their best option to win games. And I think right now he is uh, because of what we saw, but it comes back to me to the, or for me to the, the throwing the football and, and what he can do 
within the pocket within Kevin O'Connell's offense. And as he, as he has this whole week to prepare, I think that's going to be better. But I, I thought of another example where the, the second fumble, I believe um, that was almost returned. No, the first fumble that was almost returned for a touchdown. He had, I think KJ Osborne on the backside of his progression on a dig route that was open. And it's like, it's one of those things where we take for granted that Kirk Cousins is going to hit that because he's so good at just seeing the whole field and, and knowing where everyone's going to be in this offense. And Dobbs, what, I don't know if he just didn't like the look or, or whatever it was, but then he takes off, he fumbles, and it's almost returned for a touchdown. The defense came up huge and held him to three there. But I need to see a little bit more of some of the examples that he showed late in the game of, of being in the pocket. And, you know, you can extend plays and get out of the pocket and run and do all that. But I, when the – when the first or second read is there, can you deliver an accurate football and, and keep this offense in rhythm? And if he does that uh, at a pretty high level against the Saints and can avoid some turnovers, like let's just we'll let it rock with him for as long as it's working. Yeah, the problem with being consistent is that this is such a high volume passing uh, a game uh, offense um, system because they don't have a running game. Now Cam Akers is hurt. They got to lean more on Alexander Madison and maybe some Ty Chandler if he lines up in the right spot. Um, there's just a lot of uh, issues for quarterback in the Minnesota Vikings that Kirk Cousins did solve. And when you bring up him, yeah, you take for granted a lot of those third and longs. And yes, Dobbs will be able to do that sometimes where he backpedals 10 yards, goes down the sideline and picks it up like he did. That was awesome. But those are plays, those are highlight for the season plays. Those generally do not happen every single week. So he's going to need to find more ways to create. Kevin O'Connell is going to have to find more ways for this offense to create in those spots. And I think O'Connell and Wes Phillips talked about how the balance that this coaching staff faces right now is we have a lot of scheme, right? We can try to scheme guys open and, and try to make it easier for the quarterback that way. But we've got a quarterback who's learning the scheme and how much do you make it simple, just a straight, you know, uh, a post pattern for, for, Al, or, uh, for Jordan Addison versus doing something that's going to require much more kind of uh, mental heavy lifting and could lead to more hiccups and issues at the line uh, just operationally. So they've got a lot that they're balancing with Dobbs and how they move forward for that consistency. And you're right. This New Orleans defense is going to be much tougher test for them. And there's a, a game that's on my mind from last year that I'm kind of making a little bit of a comparison to where they beat Buffalo and it was insane and the whole world talked about it. And they were in the limelight for that whole week. They did every NFL network interview and every podcast and everything else. And it was an exhausting game for them. And they came back and Dallas is much better than what New Orleans is. But New Orleans is not a joke. And we're going to talk about that. Like they're not coached by Arthur Smith. So they're pretty good. And uh, they got pummeled by the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that it was sort of that run of games that they had just barely survived Washington and then Miami in the heat. And then they had, you know, Buffalo and as emotional as that was, and everybody had to strain so much to win that game that there was nothing left when they showed up the next week. And I feel like that's also possible. And in part, because you might be asking some players to do it again. So Brandon Powell is a great story for this team. Another guy who's been a journeyman, love to see it, but also like if KJ Osborne doesn't play, you're talking about a pretty light wide receiver room. Uh, if Christian Derrissaw is not 100% or does not play, David Questenberry, one of the heroes of that game. Also, Josh Dobbs was this close from being knocked out of that game himself because Questenberry got beat around the edge. And guess what? New Orleans has got some dudes yep. that they run at the quarterback up front. And that's the one thing that I don't know if there's a strategy to say to stave off, but I wonder about this 
going into this game about just the toll that it takes and also the sheer number of players who had to play at their absolute best. I mean, Brian Flores said it like Daniil Hunter's best game. I thought Harrison Phillips was fantastic in that game. Jonathan Bullard, like Byron Murphy stepped up and was, you know, by far, I think the best version of himself. So now you need it to happen again with some players out on the field and now short running back who was, in my opinion, your better running back. I think this is a tough task to ask for them. I don't want to make this game the whole rest of the season, but if they overcome this, I will be extremely impressed because I think that this is a much harder challenge. Yeah, it is a little bit of a classic possible letdown spot. And I think the challenge for the Vikings coaching staff and their players is, is to avoid that. And I think they can at the very least be in this game because yes, a lot of, defensive players stepped up in that game but that's kind of been happening all year since the early season when they're facing some of the best offenses in the league like every week whether it's Josh Metellus or Cam Bynum or Jordan Hicks or Ivan Pace had a a great play against the Falcons like there's just enough guys there that seem to be able to if you as long as you have a few of them step up and make some plays uh, I don't know I just believe in in what Brian Flores does from a game planning perspective each week I think the Saints offense isn't all that scary with Derek Carr. And I know there's guys like Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara has been really good as a receiver, not very efficient as a runner. Uh, Michael Thomas is still there, but I think the Vikings defense um, has to kind of like this matchup and, and, and the challenge of it. What I'm a little concerned about is, is what you've talked about. And it's the saints defense. And this wasn't a bad Falcons defense by any means. You look at some of the numbers um, they rank pretty highly, but I think the saints defense is just on a little bit of a, of a different level. They've, they've got, some veteran guys who have been there forever, Cam Jordan and Marshawn Lattimore and Tyron Matthew and uh, Demario Davis, all these all these guys are really talented, smart football players. And it's not like the Falcons didn't know about the rushing element of, of Josh Dobbs' game. Like, they could throw on any of his Arizona tape and see that. They could throw on his, his Tennessee tape from six years ago and see that. But D. Alfred, at least said after the game, we know he liked to scramble to his right. Well, he didn't do anything about it. Yeah, he didn't. <laughs> I think the Saints are going to be coached well and really have a spy on him a lot of times and do what they can to take kind of take away that rushing element and make him beat you from the pocket. And I, he might be able to do it, but if you're throwing to Jordan Addison is going to get a lot of, of maybe bracket looks and it's Tristan Jackson and Brandon Powell and um, Josh Oliver and guys like that, if, especially if TJ Hawkinson can't play. I mean, it's it's going to be a challenge against this Dennis Allen team. Folks, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us talk about prize picks this year. But if you've missed it, here's how it works. You go to prizepicks.com, and it is simple. You pick either more or less between two and six player stat projections, and that's it. Now you're playing. So if it's X number of yards for a quarterback, you just decide, are they going to throw for more or less than that number of yards? But it works with lots of different options, receiving yards, touchdowns, even field goals, all sorts of sports as well. Prizepicks.com slash purple. Go there. Use the code purple for the first deposit match up to $100. One of the reasons I like prize picks, it is very simple to use. You see how we do it on the show real quick and easy. And then we talk about our picks and also not expensive either. You can turn $10 into $250 by nailing just a couple of picks. So go to prizepicks.com slash purple, the code purple, daily fantasy sports made easy. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, it's going to help to get Derisaw back. Hawkinson, I would expect to play, but we didn't even really mention the KJ Osborne injury. Yeah, with him yeah. being out too. And if it's down to just Jordan Addison and who else? Yeah, Powell, Jackson, all these Nikhil guys. Nikhil Harry season. starting the game out in a run-heavy package. Um, we're, we're going to see a little bit of him, but I, I imagine it's going to be big Josh Oliver, Johnny Munt, you know, kind of game for them and try to establish some kind of ground game. I imagine Alexander Madison's going to get 20 carries for 50 yards and they're going to continue to try to run that into the ground because they need to take some pressure off Dobbs, not make him feel like he has to do everything because that's how you lead to the turnovers and the issues that this team has previously had. But you, you do think Darisaw and Hawkinson will play? Well, I, I think just what we've seen from the coaching staff and the practice reports, I do think that Dar- well, Darisaw is the one that I, I would um, be questionable about at this point just because he didn't play last week. But, I mean, Hawkinson was able to finish the game with the rib issue. I think he'll gut through it, yeah. Yeah, I I think in a lot of ways, though, with Hawkinson and what he did and what everybody did, there was adrenaline going. And there was also another Mm -hmm. side of this. And look, I'm not trying to be a hater. I saw your comments last week. I know I know what you said, but the the comment section was a little upset that we were doubting Jaron Hall. But, you know, it it is what it is. Come on, guys. Uh, It's a fifth round rookie. Are you serious? Yeah, I I know. I know. I mean, he played well until he got hurt. My glasses just aren't purple. Anyway, you know, it's fine. (laughs) Uh, but when we're when we're trying to lay out all the different yeah. scenarios here and the factors that go into this game, uh, not having a running game is is pretty concerning for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I just I, I want what I want to be if, if they asked me to do anything, anything in the building, it would be the outside zone coordinator. This is the one thing I could actually do. I couldn't do anything else. I can't punt return. I can't scout anything. I can't make personnel decisions and I don't understand the salary cap. I have guests for all that. But I do understand outside zone and I I don't understand why they have a runner whose only success in his career is on these outside zone, these wide zone type of plays, and they continue to run him into spaces where he doesn't see it or doesn't feel it. Because I think about Le'Veon Bell as being the most extreme example of like these duos and inside zones where you have to be patient, read it, and then lightning, right? And that's just not who he is as a running back. But I also don't want to say that he's like should be way better because this was the bed they made by deciding to go with a guy who had only ever been a backup as their running back. But I I do think if you play against the Saints and don't run the ball ever successfully and you're hoping a banged up TJ Hawkinson and Addison just goes all world, which, you know, he has the capability to, but that's the only thing that you're counting on. And by the way, they've got cornerbacks and they're not going to be freaked out like Atlanta was it was very clear that's that's why I think we criticize Arthur Smith so much that that team just freaked out I thought I thought Atlanta just was like wait are we gonna really lose to Josh Dobbs off the bench and then they did the Saints are preparing for this as if they're gonna win that division and they're gonna fight their way into the playoffs and they're gonna be a contender that's the way they're looking at it not like Oh my gosh, our coach has no idea what he's doing. Our backup quarterback keeps trying to throw interceptions. Our first round running back's a bust. And Josh Dobbs just broke a tackle. What do we do? Um, So I I think there's like uh, all those factors playing in. But that's my only answer for the run game is to name me outside zone coordinator. And when they ask me, what should we run? I'll say outside zone. And that's my job. That'll be the whole extent of the the job. job. I like it. I mean, yeah, it's it's. 
the run game and its lack of success has been it's been weird to me all season because this should be a good run blocking offensive line. It should be, you know, good run blocking tight ends and, and a scheme that has had success running the ball in the past. And I just I don't know exactly what it is. And it's really easy for fans and for anybody to criticize Alexander Madison and say he's not he's not seeing it. He's not hitting that hole right. He's not reading whether to cut back or bounce it or or whatever. And I think there's been some of that where if you look at the advanced metrics and people who are grading these things and then they haven't been super fond of uh, maybe his decisions and how he's played the position this year. But there's also a lot of times against Atlanta all season long where he's just running and he's immediately getting hit and, and it's somebody's getting losing their, their wrap up front or these combinations um, that are supposed to create a big hole just aren't working for whatever reason. There's, there's no running room and they have to just try to find a way to, to figure that out and get it going. And Madison's not going to be breaking a ton of long ones. He doesn't have a 20 yard run all year. I don't think, um, but you have to find a way to be able to get four yards and five yards and not have so many plays that are just dead at the line of scrimmage. And then it's second and 10 and then it's third and long and, and Kirk cousins could get you out of those situations, but I don't know that I would be as confident in the sustainability of Josh Dobbs getting you out of those situations. And if you can't run the ball, it's going to be Cam Jordan and uh, Carl Granderson coming after Josh Dobbs. And it's going to be Marshawn Lattimore and Paulson Adebo, who's been playing well at, at corner on the back end and Tyron Matthew roaming around. And it, it's a good defense. That's going to be hard to beat one dimensionally, especially with a quarterback who, Yes, he'll have another week, but he's not going to be anywhere near the Kirk Cousins um, mastery of, of this playbook, the way he masters those uh, aeronautical engineering problems. Yeah, if you look at um, like all the NFL uh, run defense stats, yards or uh, offense stats, excuse me, yards before contact, all those kinds of things. Um, obviously, the Vikings right near the bottom, and that doesn't account for whether it's the running back running into contact or yes. Yeah, the blocker uh, not blocking, but when you watch it, I, I watched the last one I watched intently was the Green Bay game a couple weeks ago where it was 25 carries for 50 yards from those guys. And yeah, it's just you see Brian O'Neill and TJ Hawkinson running into each other on a gap play because maybe they're not comfortable running it because they've normally run zone here. Um, or maybe it's um, Dalton Reisner just missing a linebacker. Like there are absolutely blocking issues where they've got great individual performers. We've talked about it a lot with Derisaw, Josh Oliver, guys who can really move people, but collectively they are not a good group and they just haven't been. They haven't been comfortable with what they're running. They haven't done it consistently. They've been throwing things that would seem to try and find answers like Cam Akers, more gap plays, those kinds of things. And it's not turning into any kind of production. Um, to have the zero uh, touchdowns on 10 carries inside the five yard line this year is is asinine for them to be in that in that spot. Um, so I think a lot of it is Alexander Madison. I also think a lot of it is also that offensive line. You can't be this bad and have it be on one person. Madison having three receiving touchdowns and no rushing touchdowns this season is just yeah. a hilarious stat. I don't think Ty Chandler All he does gonna... is catch touchdowns <laughs> I know. like Chris Carter. <laughs> I don't think Ty Chandler is going to step into the full Cam Akers role, but I want to see Ty Chandler. I mean, dating, I know preseason last year doesn't really mean anything, but even when we've seen him a little bit this year, he, he showed some juice. I think it was the Chiefs game. He got in there a little bit and, and, and had a couple plays where you could see the burst. So I, I want to see a little bit of Ty Chandler as well. The, uh, what was it? The pass from Jordan Addison that went wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's like, he's had a couple of his best plays of the year that are taken away from him. Like the kick return as well. I agree. I mean, Ty Chandler seems to me to have some really special ability uh, with the football. And I think Kenny Wongwu, who just has been phased out of this entire operation, also is one of the fastest human beings on earth. And yet, 
we can't find a single way to give these guys the football. I mean, that's all it was puzzling to me last year with Wong Wu. It remains puzzling to me with Ty Chandler, where I understand that the details matter a lot. I'm not saying the coaches are wrong and being frustrated if a guy lines up wrong or whatever else. The running back position, though, has always been you got the ball, make people miss, run by them. And that's the thing that Ty Chandler is the best at. Uh, I, I feel like it's the scheme because Brian O'Neill and TJ Hawkinson have been around long enough, very high IQ NFL players. There shouldn't be miscommunications. And at the goal line, they hand it off to the left side and somebody from the Falcons just walked right between Reisner and Bradbury. And he was like, Oh, <laughs> tackle. Like he couldn't believe it. It looked like he was shocked that no one even tried to block him. So there, there shouldn't be this much confusion. And it's funny because they pick up blitzes really well. So they communicate but yet they can't figure out who to block in the run scheme uh, on the new Orleans saints side though, guys, um, Derek Carr has been pretty widely criticized uh, on the internet. I follow some people who cover the new Orleans saints. It's been a pretty rough year for him. Yeah. However, the one way to move the football on the Minnesota Vikings seems to be if you can patiently throw it short, 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 you can beat the blitzes and also the umbrella that Brian Flores seems to like to form with his defensive backs. That's what the uh, Kansas City Chiefs did to some extent with Travis Kelsey in the second half of that game. It's absolutely what uh, the Chargers did in the best passing game against the Vikings all year. This team does have weapons. I don't know if I have a ton of confidence in Carr, but I know that like that's his thing, right? Short average depth of target, getting rid of the football quickly. He doesn't like to be hit. He was hurt uh, a little bit last year. I am really interested to see how Brian Flores manipulates that part of it because he's been taking away the deep shots. This team gives up almost no deep shots whatsoever, but they can be the victim of sort of death of a thousand cuts. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup for this Vikings defense that's been playing well because Derek Carr is not anywhere near that elite tier of quarterbacks <clears throat> and, he's, and he hasn't had a great season, but he's also a lot a big step up from Taylor Heineke and you're going to pressure him a lot because that's what Brian Flores does. And that's going to happen every week. Uh, and you might be able to, to force him into some mistakes. I, I, he's only thrown like, I think four interceptions this year, uh, but he's a guy who's in the past has thrown some picks, but he's going to know what to do a, a little bit more than Taylor Heineke did at times last week, I think. And he's going to have those hot options. And a lot of times it's going to be Alvin Kamara underneath who like, leads all running backs in receptions by a wide margin since his suspension ended to start this season. Um, there's uh, Michael Thomas and Chris Olave and some of the other options. Rashid Jaheed has been their, their deep threat. And I think the Vikings, as to your point, have been really good about taking guys like that away. You also have to deal with, with the whole Taysom Hill uh, experience and whether he's going to run it or throw it or, or, or catch it and, and do what he's been doing the last few weeks. So it's, it's going to be a challenge for the Vikings. I think this defense is playing at a really high level, and, and all three of their safeties are playing well. And I think you're going to rely a lot on, on Jordan Hicks and Ivan Pace this week with the, the Kamara underneath angle. And Harrison Phillips is playing well. Daniel Hunter um, playing really well, whether he's getting sacks or not. His run defense ha has been huge. And as I said earlier, the Saints have not run the ball at a very high level either. They're also averaging like three and a half yards per carry with their running backs. So... Neither run game has, has done a lot. It's going to come down to the quarterbacks. And as always, it's going to come down to which team can create some takeaways. 
Yeah, I think it was a lot easier to create than with Taylor Heineke. I know Derek... he was begging to throw an interception <laughs> that whole game. Vikings could have had probably four of them. Yeah. Um, and and I think only only came up with the two. But yeah, Derek Carr wants to give the ball up sometimes, just not as much as Taylor Heineke. And I think Brian Flores has been really good at scheming things up to force that pressure, um, make the ball come out, and then try to get guys in position to make plays on it from there. Um, Shahid's the one that you bring up that, that a lot of people aren't probably going to think much of a factor in this game, but he's somebody that can break some big plays that if you give up that back end, you think, ah, they're not going to really test as deep. That's the guy that could kind of, uh, surprise you. And it makes me think of uh, a lot of Vikings saints games of the past, but Taysom Hill to Michael Thomas was one that single-handedly ended the George Iloka experience in Minnesota because Mike Zimmer benched him and we never saw him again. Um, so this this Saints team can be creative even without Sean Payton. They can find ways to test you and counter what you throw at them. So I think it's just going to come down to, yeah, that you bring up the quarterback thing, the turnovers. That is going to be huge. And when we talk about Josh Dobbs, too, and consistency, it is not ruining the game. He needs to be more of a manager, I think, than people maybe want to see out of his uh, dynamic ability. Yeah, this has a kind of low score feel to it, which we said last week, and then it was 31-28. So, I mean, who knows how that's actually going to go. I am interested in your guys' opinions about this run defense, though. I have been blown away, totally stunned. More stunned by the run defense than Josh Dobbs, mm-hmm. honestly. <laughs> I, I mean, if you told me that a quarterback who runs a 4-6 uh, at his size who had that much experience, won a game. I mean, I might be like, oh, okay, well, I guess that does happen from time to time. But if you told me that Harrison Phillips and Jonathan Bullard, Kyrus Tonga, who was not even active every game, Dean Lowry is out, and they're they're running these five-man fronts against Atlanta, which, by the way, they seem to know every time Atlanta was going to run. Atlanta never caught them off guard, not a single time, not a single way. They tried to run some reverse stuff and the Vikings were just all over it. So I don't know if that's going to happen every week that they will be massively predictable, but still it's every week now. I mean, they shut down the Packers run game. They didn't give the bears a whole lot outside of maybe one drive. Same with Atlanta outside of one drive. When I think the defense was gassed, can this continue? I mean, I think that it can. And I think again, kind of schematic finding what people do at their best, but I, I don't know that. Like, I don't know if it's just been a run of bad running games or what it is. Atlanta is supposed to have a really good running game. I, I was so, so impressed by the way they slowed that down last week. Yeah, I think, I mean, they we, we saw in week two, they got just trampled by the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's a great offensive line. Uh, DeAndre Swift had a great game. And ever since then, they've just, I don't know if they made any adjustments to that or if it's been, like you said, just you, you haven't played the Eagles again, but it's been really impressive. I think like, when we're looking back at this game, and I think that's a game in Atlanta that people are going to be talking about in Minnesota for a long time. It's going to be Josh Dobbs scrambles and that game-winning throw and that Jordan Addison catch and maybe Byron Murphy interception. But to me, just a huge sequence that's really that really sums up what you're talking about is after that first fumble, when they're down at the one-yard line, and the Vikings um, were kind of fortunate to draw a false start and go back to the six, but then Kyrus Tonga makes a great play uh, against the screen to Jonu Smith and and tackles him at the one and then it's two straight runs from the one yard line where this was a little bit of like all right Arthur Smith what are, what are you doing here he gives a handoff to Johnu Smith in the direction of Daniel Hunter and that goes nowhere because Hunter is one of the best uh, run defending edges in the league and then he gives a handoff to not Bijan Robinson Tyler Algier who he loves as a goal line back to Hunter's side again uh, and he another makes wide run another wide run yeah. to, to <laughs> Hunter's side and he makes another play and he just throws the tight end back into Tyler Algier and it's like all right, first of all, that was weird from, from Arthur Smith, but 
it was really, really impressive from the Vikings run defense. And you talk about Harrison Phillips, Jonathan Buller. These, these aren't like the Williams wall or anything like that, but they've been playing at a really high level. Phillips can occupy those double teams and, and maintain his gap integrity and allow the other guys to, to come through and make plays. And I, to me, I think it's, it's fairly sustainable with um, the way that those guys have been playing. I think Tonga deserves to have like those, the 15 to 20 snaps per game. I mean, Dean Lowry, like there's a reason the coaches were playing it, but also it's a little interesting that they played really well and, and he wasn't playing. Um, and then I, I, I just continually want to see more of Jaqueline Roy, who seems to make uh, like one splash play every week. So it's not a star studded defensive tackle group, but they've been getting it done. Yeah. The adjustment I've seen since week two. And, and I think the big thing with week two, obviously was Jalen hurts, right? When you have to account for the quarterback in the run game, it just, you kind of give up on the running back a little bit and you saw people dive like Daniel Hunter and want diving for the quarterback, even when they shouldn't have been, uh, or maybe when the running back had the ball, but the adjustment I've seen since then is you've seen Ivan pace less. That's not because he's a bad run defender. I think, I think it's because they've been leaning more on the five defensive line that has one linebacker. It's more of a 5-1-5 defensive front that's kind of become their main, where Metellus can drop down and be that extra linebacker in the front. And that's allowed them to be um, in a personnel grouping that allows you to defend the pass while having kind of a heavier front with how versatile Metellus is. And you've seen them just tackle well. You've seen the Caleb Evans. You've seen Cam Bynum drop down and make excellent tackles. Harrison Smith's still doing what he does. Um, and then Ivan Pace, even on um, um, underneath plays that didn't go down as a run, they're doing pop passes to Bijan Robinson where he's shaking two defenders and getting the tackle for a one-yard gain. Like, they have a lot of guys contributing that aren't just the Bullards, the Phillips, the Hunters. Um, collectively, while, while we talk about the running offense not playing well collectively, the defense is doing the exact opposite. And they're, I think, tied for fifth at 3.7 yards allowed um, throughout the entire season right now. Um, that hasn't happened uh, since 2017 for the Vikings. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Folks, if you're struggling with the holiday blues and you're having some trouble getting excited in the same way that other people in your life do about holiday get-togethers and all of that just sounds stressful to you, then maybe it might be helpful to add something new in your life to help deal with those feelings. That's where therapy could be a bright spot for you. It can help give you the tools to manage stress and help you feel more grounded. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com insider to get 10% off your first month today that's betterhelp.com slash insider folks i cannot believe how many sports are going on right now and guess what there's a way to go to all of them with affordable tickets my friends you are going to want to check out game time it is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to any sports event that you want to attend and much much more one of the cool parts about game time is that they have flash deals on last minute tickets and a low price guarantee which means if you find something lower in the section or row they will credit you 100 you also get images of your seat locations, which I love because those maps can be a little confusing. Buy tickets in seconds and have them arrive right there on your phone. It's great. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code INSIDER for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, 
Redeem code INSIDER for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What what do you guys make of just the way so many players who we had lower expectations for have exceeded those expectations? I mean, again, with I mean, Jonathan Bullard's a great example. The guy's played great. I, I think he's done his job as well you, as you could ever ask him to do. Uh, but Josh Metellus played maybe 250 snaps last year, most of it in relief. Harrison Smith was out one game. They mixed him in from time to time. Uh, but now this guy has become a star of this defense. I mean, if, if you're going to talk about one player who has swung the tide, I think Josh Metellus yeah. is that guy. Now, before uh, the season, I was doing a story on him. We probably all did stories on Metellus because we noticed he was out there so much. And Jordan Hicks said, we've known how good this guy was. We just had to put him in the game. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I, I know what you're saying. Donatel's already dead. Stop. Right, right, right. right. He doesn't need any more dirt poured on the, the grave there. But uh, part of it is, will it continue? Because I'm always asking this question, whether it's Josh Dobbs or whether it's Metellus or Bynum or whatever, like if, if it's a player who we don't expect, that's always the question is, will it continue? The Vikings, it cannot be ignored that the Vikings played offenses operated by Bryce Young, Tyson Bajan slash Justin Fields, a very lost and frustrated Jordan Love, and then, you know, Taylor Heineke. Like that can't go without mentioning that when they played the Eagles and the Chargers, two very good offenses, they, they got smoked. And I feel like the uh, the, this this team, this Saints team is in between somewhere with their quarterback and with their talent. Uh, but how much of this is they have played some pretty rough offenses. I haven't looked where those offenses rank, but it can't be high collectively. And, and how much of it is, no, actually, Metellus is a star. Actually, Bynum is that guy that you're going to want there for a long time and give these guys contract extension. Well, but Metellus already got one, but Bynum and so forth. How, how are How are we viewing that? It's both. I mean, it's always both when, when it's a, a question like that. But it, I think there's there's a lot of really impressive things with this Vikings defense. You even look at like the Chargers and, and the Chiefs games and like they had opportunities to make some plays there. And they made things difficult at times for those really good quarterbacks. Uh, not as much for Justin Herbert, but that was just kind of a, a game plan thing, I think, in that one. But the ball did bounce off of Caleb Evans. face. It did bounce off of Caleb Evans face and ended up in a touchdown. I, I just maybe we'll pour a little bit more dirt uh, on the grave of the defensive coordinator from last year, because I've just been so impressed by this coaching staff. And I think, yes, they lost some games um, due to the weird turnover stuff earlier this year. And they were one and four. And then that was coaching was involved in that too. There were some maybe decisions that they would want to have back, but to get to where they are and to be five and four and to have won that Falcons game. Like, I just think it reflects really well on both sides of the ball on this coaching staff and it's Kevin O'Connell on offense, but it's also Wes Phillips and Keenan McArdle and all those guys and Chris Cooper up front defensively. It's Brian Flores. What an incredible hire. Like there's either, I don't think there's any debate about that. The way that he's uh, performed, the Vikings may have a hard time keeping him in the building after this year with the way that he's coached, but it's also like, let's give credit to Durante Jones and, and people like that for what he's been able to do with Josh Metellus and a Caleb Evans uh, and the DBs. Let's give credit to Chris Rumpf, who I, I know has missed a couple games here and, and Mike Petton and like this whole coaching staff. I just think it's been a really impressive performance because you mentioned Metellus didn't play a bunch last year, Jonathan Bullard. You're like, all right, that's just, he's just kind of a replacement level guy. He's been playing well. Cam Bynum. I thought last year I was like, all right, this he's, he's not going to be a starting safety option. And he showed flashes as a rookie. And then I was like, all right, this isn't it. 
And this year he's been genuinely like one of the better safeties in the NFL. And I just think a lot of that comes down to good coaches putting their players in positions to succeed, learning what those players do well and, and kind of tailoring their roles to that. Yeah, we've heard Brian Flores say that over and over since he came here in terms of just learning. Everybody's, I think he's, he always says, everybody's got strengths. We just need to figure it out and and kind of play to them and, you know, not worry about somebody not being a complete player or whatever. And you're seeing somebody like Cam Bynum, whose intelligence allows him to anticipate and be in the right spots, take good angles, not be just sat back in kind of a, a third or half field zone and just have read the quarterback and see what happens. Um, that felt like that's all they were doing last year in, in that defense oftentimes. So, and to, Matt, to answer your question about Metellus, I think he legitimately is a good player. I think you're going to see good quarterbacks continue to expose their secondary, though. I, fortunate for them, they only play one in Joe Burrow the rest of the regular season. Um, I think you got to give, you gotta give Jared Goff some Look, Jared, I like Amon St. Brown. I think Amon Ross St. Brown is the one who, makes that thing click. I like Goff a lot and I've come a long way on giving him credit. I used to be a, a hater. And it's a lot of Ben Johnson. Um, of course, of course. So, but what I'm trying to say is that there are players who can transcend scheme and transcend what you're trying to throw at them. And I don't know if Goff is there as much as certainly Joe Burrow is. So they, the whole slate that they've got is full of the Russell Wilson's and the Taylor Heineke's and the Derek Carr's here. And that is going to play in their favor when they don't have the personnel to lock down uh, a true number one receiver and a quarterback like Justin Herbert who can take advantage of. I, I am very interested though in in the mid quarterback test though because Derek Carr is fifteenth in the league. Russell Wilson at this point, from what I've seen of him, has been way less atrocious mm -hmm. and much more like an average quarterback, which is quite a bit better than Taylor Heineke, Jordan Love, and so forth. Guys that might be playing for the St. Louis Battlehawks in the future. Uh, that that's a different level. And, and, and that's what I, that's what I'm, I'm curious to see how yeah. we feel about everybody after that. Uh, as far as picking this game, you talk about playing to the strengths. Our strengths is picking every game. Correct. <laughs> as we've done each week, we delete the shows after the game happens. So you can't go back and look. Um, no, I, I think that the Vikings will not win this game, but they will play well that we're going to walk out of that game being like, well, you know, that was one that was 24, 21 and they were right there and it, and you know, they ran out of gas a little bit at the end of the game. That's, that's how I would project it. But you know, again, I, I think I picked uh 14 to 11 or something last week and it worked out completely differently, but that's, that's how I view this game. I think new Orleans is just a, a notch better than Atlanta and may actually finish those, some of those drives instead of kicking a field goal every time. Yeah, just to your quickly to your your quarterback point, they've played a couple of guys who I think are kind of in the Derek Carr tier. I would look at like Baker Mayfield and Brock Purdy to some extent. Purdy, yeah, and Purdy. He, and, and Purdy averaged Mayfield, not, maybe not. He averaged nine yards a pass before That's he true, before got the he, concussion. Before he allegedly yeah. got concussed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think it is going to be a tougher test. I don't know. I I was I picked the Vikings to win last week, and of course, I predicted exactly what was going to happen and the way that it was going to play out. And Josh Dobbs coming, no, crushed I it, unreal. I, I I believed in Jaron Hall a little bit. I mostly believed in the defense, and they thought they were going to win like sixteen to thirteen, and it ended up being a their highest scoring game of the season, which is just one of the one of the many crazy things about that Josh Dobbs performance. I'm I'm going to stick with the Vikings here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna believe in the coaching staff that I just talked about and Kevin O'Connell finding ways to utilize Josh Dobbs strengths after a full week of preparation as the starter, um, seeing a little bit of that dual threat stuff. I'll feel better about this. If both Christian Darrison and TJ Hawkinson play, certainly 
Um, it seems like KJ Osborne maybe won't be cleared. That's not going to affect my my opinion too much. They'd, they'd obviously love to have him, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Vikings and I, and it's gonna be another like I think it's gonna be another low scoring game. Not that last week was, but most of the season they've been these games in the low twenties that have been decided by a player too. And and I think this will be another one of those. And I think the Vikings are gonna force a Derek Carr turnover or two and um, get some big Dobbs plays. And I think I think this this Jeremy Lin type story is gonna keep rolling. Uh, I want to keep applying logic to this. I want to just throw out the whole like, yeah, it's going to be hard to run against New Orleans front. Dobbs is going to come crashing back to earth. They're going to no, no logic. This no rocket scientists puns intended there. Um, I, I, and I think that, um, that this offense is just going to have kind of an awakening of like, yeah, this is what it's like without Kirk cousins kind of thing. But I keep doing that and I keep being wrong. So, <laughs> I'm just going to say the Vikings because they've the, Kevin O'Connell, this offense, this team, this locker room, they've got something going that we're continuing to see even through this tough one and four start, even after the 13 and four, like they've carried this through with, and I think it's just O'Connell. I think it is the coaching staff. I think it is the collection of veteran talent and locker room that they still have. Um, I don't think it's a Super Bowl contender. Obviously, I don't think they're going to make some kind of magical run because of that. But I do think they will be in November games against the Saints because of it. Um, and, and why not give them a chance? Because they haven't shown us recently any reason not to. Uh, I, th- I think Josh Dobbs might uh, engineer a game-winning drive. Uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> See, uh, I noticed on Twitter that uh, Andrew used the words NFC Championship when talking about this. That, <laughs> hap- that happened. Classic me, man. I'm a hom- I know. I'm a homer. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I'm, ju- I'm just saying yep. that the words <laughs> NFC Championship were in a post online under your name. So hey, maybe you were hacked. Hey, last time know. they had a top five run defense. I'm just saying there was a lot of other things about that 2017 team that, that aren't here right now, but and that is true. They had a good run defense. Well, we'll see how it plays out. And uh, what we're talking about next week, nobody knows. So, but we will continue to do this throughout the season. And now a new energy into this team, really looking forward to what happens this week and beyond. So thank you all for watching our round table as always. And uh, we will catch you all next time. Football. Football.